0: Please state your name for The Record. August Carl Mueller. I'm Brent Simmons.
1: And I'm Chris Parrish, and you're listening to The Record. The Record brings you the stories you should know about the Mac
0: developer community. This is Season 1, Seattle before the iPhone. Our guest today is
1: Gus Mueller. Gus is the founder of Flying Meat Incorporated. Flying Meat has been creating beloved Mac apps such as VoodooPad and Acorn for over a decade. Gus, great to have you here today.
0: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks. We are once again recording at the lovely offices in Omni. Um... Thanks again, guys, for hosting us. Much appreciated. Gus, how did Flying Meat get its name?
2: Right. So, um, I'm a pretty avid rock climber, and there's this climb outside of uh, Columbia, Missouri called Flying Meat. And it's it's for the climbers out there, it's a 510A uh, sport climb. And it's, um, it got its name. When, when you first discover a route that you want to put up a climb on, um, you first got to clean it. But once you're all done cleaning it, you get to name it. And the guy who discovered it was cleaning it, and as he was looking up, a deer jumped off the top right above him. So he decided to call it fly meat. All <laughs>
0: right. And
2: that's why my little company logo is a deer jumping as uh-huh. well. Uh, so.
0: Okay. That's cool. This is not uh, the first um, tragic animal accidents to happen uh, on on the record. Of course, we <laughs> talked earlier to Luke Adamson, who blew up gophers. Gophers before. for a living, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh,
2: Oh, I guess okay. I should also mention it's also my favorite rock climb in Missouri. It's yeah, just okay. that,
0: which is fine. Wow, I love the name. It. It's, it's an awesome name. So then, and so you started flying Meeting in around 2001, 2002? Yeah, I want to say 2002. Sounds 2002. about right. Maybe Makes 2001. Sure. Just as Cocoa was really starting to pick up steam, I yeah. think, in the, in the Mac community. Um, but uh, let's go back. How did you first get into computers? Was your first... Uh, Mac, a Mac, or?
2: Uh, well, my first, I had an Apple II C um, when I was a kid. Uh, I don't remember when we got it. Did C stand for color?
1: Compact, I think. Compact,
2: yeah, because oh, okay. it was a pretty small guy. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it did do color as well. Yeah, but, I guess um, the Apple the mm-hmm. Apple Twos did too, Yeah, think of it. So, yeah. um, so we had one of those, and I had that um, through high school. And then when I went to college in 93, uh, I picked up a color classic, You know, and that's when I first really started getting into Macs. And, uh, you know, I taught myself a little bit of basic programming with the Apple Mm -hmm. IIc. But, you know, I've just always used Apple computers my whole life.
1: What kind of programs did you write on the Apple IIc? Oh, you
2: know, I I can't remember exactly what they were. I remember one original one um, was just a little program that would – Basically, act as a psychologist for some reason. I mean, you would ask it questions, and you know, I had strings in there that would. Right. Oh no, you can't ask it that. You've got to ask it this, and then you would get an answer. You know, right?
1: Like uh, Eliza, or uh, there was another famous one, right? That,
2: yeah, uh, but only like you know, if a ten-year-old wrote
0: it or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I wrote one of those myself too. Yeah. You had to talk to it just the right way. Yeah, right? yeah. So and it never surprised me with its answer because it was always. Yeah, yeah. I, I programmed right. the thing. I know what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. So, but it felt like doing our AI research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, to a 12-year-old or whatever. Yeah, know. yeah. Did you did you write any games? That was one that, uh, for me, I learned Assembler because I wanted to write my own Missile Command.
2: Yeah, funny. I, um, I didn't write any games on the 2C. Um, eventually, I, when Java started taking off, I ended up writing a couple other games. I actually uh, wrote Missile Command as well. I and you can still play command. it somewhere on my website. Oh, yeah? So I remember after I wrote it, um, one of the Apple engineers, uh, Java engineers at uh, Apple, wrote me and was like, oh, this is a pretty good game. And that just... Mm-hmm. Kind of floored me for uh, weeks. Was Was that oh my god? Someone from Apple wrote me. Thought it was awesome. No, it was not. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I'm sure I've still got the email somewhere. But (laughs) I just remember at the time. Holy crap! It was pretty funny. Yeah, that was before I got into uh, real Mac programming. And Uh um, you know, I started out. I taught. Well, I learned Perl just as the internet was starting off, you know, to be mm. able to create animated GIFs. Perl was
0: the scripting
2: language. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. If you it's wanted to write a right? CGI. Um, yeah. So before we had animated GIFs, we had uh, push images, right? So you had to write mm-hmm. a script that would push out multiple frames. And that's basically how I learned programming because I wanted to do stuff like that. Oh, okay. And, you know, from there to the Real Basic and then uh,
0: Cocoa. Mm-hmm. So what so made you get a, get your first uh, adult computer as a as a Mac as opposed to something else? Um just because you were used to Apple. Stuff.
2: Yeah, it never really crossed my mind that I would ever get a PC. Um, I just stuck with the Apple. Well, at our school, um, in high school, we had lots of Macs as well, and uh, you know, in grade school, we had Apple IIes, and um, yeah, it was just it never really occurred to me. My some of my neighbors had you know um, Apple computers, and we'd go over there and play games on their stuff, and just it never occurred to me to get a PC.
0: Yeah, so well, that's crazy.
2: probably because well, I did see them try and play a DOS game once, and I was like, "Well, this kind of stinks." <laughs> you know, so that pretty much turned me off. I think.
0: What's a What's a DOS game even yeah. look like? I mean, I mean, literally like a command line. Well, like, no, you started just, everything from DOS. Oh, and you had okay. to type yeah. commands. It still and had like, graphics. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. so it
0: didn't make any sense to me. Right. Though so it does remind me that the, the first game I ever loved was Colossal Caves, which was essentially a command line. Oh, kind yeah. of game, right? I mean, right. Get, whatever. Right. <laughs> so I remember uh, the magic word plover. There were a couple <laughs> others I, I can't remember.
1: There's certainly in that era of PC gaming that people would make special boot disc just for a particular game that would allocate oh, the right. RAM a certain way yeah. and make sure it had the right sound drivers for that particular card in that game and et cetera, et cetera. It's amazing that it actually ever took hold. <laughs> yeah. A lot of work just to play a game
0: you ever uh, subscribe to any of those magazines that would publish source code? Like uh, uh, Nibble was my particular favorite. No. Um, when
2: I was a kid, we ha- I had one of those books where, you know, you would type in the basic programs oh, and yeah, stuff like right, that. Sure, but yeah. um, between that and uh, basically junior year in college was uh, a big dry spell for programming, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. I didn't really do I mostly just played games on the 2C. And then uh, once I got the Mac, you know, we played Civ and stuff like that. Um, we didn't really screw around with stuff until um, I started writing Perl scripts mm. things like that. So and that was all on Unix systems in college too. So I was very okay. heavily into a IBM's AI, AIX, is that right? Mm, oh, that was man. the
1: thing that they had on Macs at one point, AIX, right? Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure that's was The AIX or AUX?
1: Oh, maybe it was AUX, mm. yeah.
0: Are those two different things? Man, it's been a
1: long Boy, time. We're back I don't remember. Then. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um but yeah, we we all uh, had you know, 30,000 users on a single machine and stuff like that. Wow. So it was, uh, we, had, we had lots of interesting hardware
1: so there. So when you were, uh, this was in St. Louis, you were in college, right?
2: Yeah, well, college was in Columbia, Missouri.
1: Okay, Columbia. So um, you grew up in, in Missouri?
2: Yeah, I grew up in St. Louis and went to, I, I consider in many ways Columbia my home. I spent seven years there because I graduated, I stayed at the university after I graduated as well. So working for the central IT right. department.
1: So. So were you doing uh, a computer science kind of education at no, school? No, I or? started out
2: in engineering and it turns out math is hard. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. I basically just fiddled around for a while. Um, and I was going to get an art degree as well there. But eventually I realized it was going to take me forever to graduate and I just wanted to get out of there. Um, so I basically created my own degree, which um, general studies degree, which basically means I got three minors and I got to pick the minors. So um, art, art history and computer science. No, oh, wow. were my three minors, and there was a capstone project that somehow combined all three of them. I don't even remember what it was, but I got seven hours of credit for it. So, um, but I also worked um, for the central um, IT department. Uh, I helped design the single sign-on system across mm-hmm. four different campuses. You know, hundreds of thousands of users and stuff like that. Right. And and I was always on a Mac then too. You know, writing uh, servlet stuff and also Perl scripts and a uh, um, little bit of C code. Would
1: this have been uh, OS X? Yeah, so um, I got to do z-
2: – Apple, the Apple reps for the campus loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got access. Apple sent me to WWDC multiple times while I was there. Um, we paid for the hotel and everything. And uh, um, we got access I to the – Imagine their, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, Not, I think that doesn't happen know, anymore. Shocked yeah. Yeah. um Yeah. uh And, yeah, so we had access to the um, Rhapsody betas and stuff okay. like that. Um What was the
1: question? Well, I was asking (laughs) if this was OS X. So, had you started doing Perl and things like that prior to OS X? Yeah, that was
2: that was definitely prior to OS X. So, I I was programming in '96, '97 Mm -hmm. era. Yeah. Well, so probably started in '95. '95. So, yeah, I was doing. I mean, we had Mac Perl, but I would you know use uh, what was it Nifty Telnet? I think was the time or Nifty SSH and Mm -hmm. log into the servers, and I would use BBEdit um, to edit my Perl scripts. You know, and save them via FTP or SFTP or whatever. And uh,
1: yeah. So. Did you ever have any of those um, Mac, Perl environments? You know, that, I did. You know, I like didn't
2: use it a whole can, lot. Yeah. It was just a kind lot easier. Stated, Everything right. was running on the server. It's yeah. I mean, it's the same language, completely different environment, though.
1: Right.
0: So, so what, was your, uh, what were your interests in the art degree? Did you have uh, particular periods or artists? No, or I just like to draw. Yeah. Um, so, it was mainly visual arts. Yeah.
2: Or? Yeah. So, I just love sketching. I still do it to this day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: You should turn that. Passion into software, yeah. Man. I, Do I an should, image editor I should <laughs> look into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's just a, a capstone thought. project, right there.
1: It's right, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, that was the genesis for uh, Sketch is uh, like Acorn uh, version zero, I guess you could say, which was um, I wanted to get myself. I wanted to draw more, so I figured, oh, I better write a drawing app. Mm-hmm. So that makes mean, sense. It's mostly worked.
1: Do you use any sort of uh, natural interface uh, input devices? Oh, for, for your sketching, do you do digital sketching at all, or um, do you really I don't, just stay on paper? Or? So,
2: you know, I used to do quite a bit. Um, these days it's just you know, uh, a blue lead and a piece of paper, right? Yeah, um, the problem with uh, at least right now, um, for the past six months with using Acorn for is I see all the bugs, so I'm sketching and now I see, oh. oh, I just I could tweak this just a little bit, so I end up just coding. Nah, so, yeah, yeah. but if I is what I'm doing nowadays, is just you know, I carry a little sketchbook around with me all the time, right? And uh, um, I usually once a day, um, when I'm at my office, I'll just go to a little coffee shop and sketch for 20, 20 minutes while I drink my coffee. So, nice. um,
1: do you think that, uh, that that process of, of being an avid sketcher informs how you uh, design and develop Acorn? Does it? Oh uh,
2: yeah. I mean, um, I blogged about this a little bit, but you know, when you sketch, um, you start seeing everything around you a little bit differently, you know, um, cause I've been drawing a lot of faces recently and it's amazing. Well, I mean, when you, when someone first starts drawing a face, they just draw you know a circle with two dots and a smiley, right? Well, I mean, you start noticing other things, um, like nostrils. You don't ever really think about nostrils, right. but if you draw, good reason. if you yeah, <laughs> but if you try and draw a face without nostrils, it's not going to look right. So once you start realizing what you're missing, and then you start putting that in, it sort of expands to other areas too. Mm-hmm. So um, it's certainly helped out with UI um, right. stuff, I think. You know, because you're you're noticing well, what's missing. You know something's missing. And I think it just gets easier to notice what's missing once you, you know, mm-hmm. the more you go into like detailed sketching and stuff like that. Does it also very... help
0: you to know what's essential and what isn't? Like what you can leave out of a drawing right. versus what details are yeah, important? Yeah. So that's
2: actually something I've been working on quite a bit. It's like you can make a very, very, very detailed drawing, but um, I, I would like to be able to put down as few lines as possible to be able to get the, um, you know, the shape of the thing right. That's actually. My uh, where my blog my blog is hosted at a place called uh, shapeof.com. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just want to get the shape of it correct. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want every li- little detail. I want the essence of it, mm-hmm. and that's actually mm-hmm. what that how I came up with that domain name as well.
0: So. Did you see those uh, P- Picasso sketches of a uh, buffalo bowl. that yeah. someone linked to? Yeah, Maybe the it was even you. Is yeah. it a bull or a buffalo? A yeah, yeah, I,
2: yeah, yeah. I had seen that a long time ago. Someone recently. Yeah. I really blinked to that earlier this week.
0: We'll add it to the show notes.
2: Yeah, it was well, like 24 different renderings of a buffalo, um, basically from extremely detailed, and then he right. just basically stripped away everything just to get to like four, four lines, yeah. I think it was, to the essence
0: of what a buffalo is. I guess. That was amazing. Yeah. I, I love seeing that. And a reminder of what a great draftsman Picasso was. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy could draw, no yeah. doubt. If he was around today, I wonder if he'd make, be making apps. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd be
2: on... He'd be hiding away on would island with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be
0: sketching. Let me tell you about Squarespace. Sure, you, you've heard Squarespace commercials. Um, you've, you've probably even see their ad on the Super Bowl, right? And you've heard us talk about them. You've probably heard other podcasters talk about them. Well, go to squarespace.com slash the record. Get 10% off. You know, of course, that you can go and make beautiful websites. In fact, you can't help but make a beautiful website. Their, their templates and everything are so well designed. And, and those those websites are responsive as well. They look great on iPhones and iPads. They have 24 by 7 customer support. It's just a wonderful thing Squarespace provides. And it's only, it's only $8 a month. It's so inexpensive. It's hard to believe they can do this. But enough of that. What they're doing right now is something extra super cool. They are hiring... Uh, 30 designers and engineers by March 15th. And that's just a month from now. They don't have a ton of time left. But what they're doing is they will f- put you up in New York City, you and your partner, significant other, spouse, whatever, uh, and, and it's all on them. What they'll do is uh, they'll say you can, be, you can be a New Yorker with them for a weekend. So check it out. Go to beapartofit.squarespace.com. A And it talks about the whole deal. And so, you know, the thing is they they want to show off their city and they they think that you will like it. Uh, They're actually designing your weekend for you. Um, Just the same way they they design their beautiful product, they're designing a weekend. Uh, You get to eat at a place called The Alder. Uh, You go to a a jazz club, Uh, go to the New Museum. That's actually its name. I I assume it's actually New. and stay at the Soho Grand. Soho is uh, where, where Squarespace is actually in the uh, legendary Soho neighborhood of New York City. And it's it, it's all on them, you know. It's a, it's a fantastic thing, you know. If I didn't have a job, uh, I might darn well think about this. I mean, that sounds really really cool. And you know, trip to New York City out of it. it. That tells you something about a company, I think, that they go above and beyond, right? A lot of places will. Would love to, would love to hire you. I'm sure, um, but not every place is going to take you to New York City, and show you a really great time, give you the chance to be a New Yorker for a weekend, and do all these wonderful things. And that's kind of indicative of the way Squarespace uh, approaches everything. You know, there, what you get for that eight dollars a month, is really something, really something special, really beyond what you would expect. And I, uh, I gotta imagine that working there would be very similar experience in fact on their on their website they say uh, this is a quote from their website our culture is one where creative freedom is the rule and employees have the power to manage themselves and own their product it might feel like a startup but after 10 years of innovating it's anything but so be a part of it squarespace.com check it out that's just and really, really darn cool, and I hope they, I hope they make their goal. They, they sure oughta. I bet they're gonna get a lot of good engineers and designers, and maybe one of those people will be you. So remember, be a part of it at squarespace.com. Go talk to those people. Have fun in New York
1: City. So let's go back just a little bit. Uh, you're in college. You're working in the IT department. And even after you finished college, uh, what led you to VoodooPad was, I think, the first kind of big Mac app that you really put out there. Yeah,
2: so um, I always had just a little text file on a Unix server that I used as my dumping ground for uh, things like passwords or just little things that I wanted to get out from a different machine later on or something. Right. And then um, then I discovered wikis. Um, This was – when did I discover that? I must have already been, yeah. I was. uh, This was after college, I'm sure. And um, I just got tired of editing in a web browser. You know, I uh, had my own wiki on my web server, and um, I decided to. Well, this would be so much easier as a desktop app. So, and that's sort of what led to the genesis of VoodooPad. Right. And that the rich text view on uh, OS X just made it so easy to do hyperlinks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was really easy to do. And. uh, yeah, I didn't really expect it to be, you know, I wanted to write software and make some money off it. I didn't expect VoodooPad to be the one that launched me. You know, it was really just a test app. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: when you when you created VoodooPad and you put it out there, was your ambition, I want to start an indie software house and this is nope. what I want to do for a living? I remember, or just- I remember <laughs> exactly
2: what my goal was with VoodooPad, and that was to get a 22-inch cinema display. <laughs>
1: so, and I
2: ended up getting it later on that summer. Um, once... Well, you, you could remember. have retired then. Yeah, I could have retired. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That was good. Um, yeah, so the OS X Innovators Award was... Oh, that's right. That oh, was that summer. an O'Reilly
1: thing, right? Yeah, that was an O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yep. an
2: Apple thing a little bit too because they gave away uh, a Premiere membership and stuff like that mm-hmm. and yep. a trip to WWDC. Um, but yeah, I got I made enough money to buy that cinema display that summer and I was just floored. <laughs> I remember when I made my first $99 too, $100. Mm-hmm. It happened... Yeah probably the first month of, you know, Powder, where I was like, holy crap, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's like, and it wasn't until, um, I just kept on developing it, and eventually over time, sales started getting better. Right. And I eventually realized, oh, I could probably jump ship at some point. And of course, you know, I had, um, Brent as an example, and, uh, like Peter Lewis, you know, always, always an example as well. Uh, Rich Siegel, great example. Rich Siegel, yes, yes.
0: Mark Aldrich. There's a lot of people who've been around longer than us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The indie so, scene goes way. Yeah, back, it's funny. Yeah. I see right. people Ambrosia
2: say, "Oh, there, yeah." People yeah. always come up to me mm-hmm. thinking, "You know, you've been an inspiration, you and Brent." And I'm like, "Dude, you know, you got to go yeah. back farther than that. Way so, right? far back."
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Like, Panic had really been going before that
2: too, right? Yeah. For Panic? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Panic is about 15 years old now, I think, at this right. point. But yeah. yeah, I remember using Transmit and Audion on mm-hmm. OS ten. Yeah. Yeah. So they were definitely a bit of an inspiration as well.
1: Right. Uh, so you know. You kept developing and adding features to Voodoo Pad, um, and its sales were growing. But were you doing anything else to sort of make its presence known or to market it? You won that award. I feel like that might be how I yeah. found out about Voodoo Pad yeah. was that award. That's uh, I mean, pretty much award. how
2: most people found out it, about it at the time. Did um,
0: you get that award? Was that uh, handed out at that one O'Reilly Mac OS X conference? Right. So there were how was it?
2: How did it work? There were like they did like three rounds or something like that. Yeah, or somewhere? just
0: like. Yeah, they called them rounds, but it was basically running the contest yeah. three times. So you something. won the first round. I won the yeah. second round. and uh, I don't know who won the third round. there have been Audio Hijack or something? Audio Hijack got second place in second the second place? round. Uh, Paul yeah. still yeah. gives me crap about that. Uh-huh. Um, You'll never remember what got second place to me.
2: Uh, subita so the Edit. Uh, maybe they won one. I think they did, yeah. Oh, because I got in trouble. Because right, they got a second place or something like that, but they could not—they didn't get the premiere thing. But they wanted some of the. I had ten hardware discounts, so I sent them to them.
3: and oh, then right. I remember that. Apple yeah. ended
2: up calling me up, and they're like, "So you gave oh, these really? guys some hardware discounts?" Right. And I was like, uh, "Yeah." And they're like, "They've got student accounts, and <laughs> they can't have those." And I'm like, "Uh, something, something we contracted or so." I don't remember yeah. how it ended mm. up working out. It right. ended up, I think, okay, but it was just funny. I was in, got in trouble. Apple called me up. You know, right. Like You're in trouble. Yeah.
1: Just yeah, to so. clarify that, if there's people who haven't been around quite as long as the rest of us, when you joined a certain level of Apple's development program, you got a bunch of hardware discounts. Uh, that were significant, right? Yeah, it was like twenty five percent off Mac Pro. Yeah, it was a And, and they, deal. they were like ten. It yeah. Was, yeah. well, yeah, there was right. the
2: Premiere. If you spent like uh, what was it, like four
1: grand, it was it was many thousands of dollars. But you yeah. got that, and if, if you WWC were going to buy the like hardware, that. you would yeah. make the money back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's, and there, there was also the five hundred dollar level, which I had always done previous to that. And right. select, maybe yeah, it was select. Called, yeah, and that right. was definitely worth the hardware discount.
1: Right. And I think that one came with a hardware discount as well. Right. Yeah. One hardware discount and WWC ticket. You know, because yeah. they didn't sell out at that right. time.
2: Yeah, Apple used to call you up and be like, <laughs> used to call you if you right. get that
1: call from Ireland, right? I feel like every time I've ever called, it was their the Ireland.
2: pricing calls. is going to end soon. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: don't worry. I'm going I'm to buy a ticket. Just give me a little bit of time. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen anymore. It's funny. They had to dust out their, their telephones uh, for this year just due to the snafu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. They're not used to that.
1: They're not used to contacting people. <laughs> yeah. What? We're not going to call them. Offering anything crazy. crazy. So, so Gus, uh, you won this award, but you're still working at the university at this time. Is well, that right? no,
2: at that point, I had left. I left the university in the summer of 2000. Okay. Um, so, and I went to work for a consulting firm in St. Louis, and I was still on a Mac. I was doing some real basic stuff and some server serverized stuff and Java stuff. Oh, I see. We were doing publishing. I uh, basically wrote a um, I wrote a layout engine in Java, um, which turned XML into PDFs. Like we're talking oh, thousand yeah. page PDFs, big mm-hmm. catalogs for. a Big companies that I probably shouldn't mention. We like, did have the Victoria's yeah. Secret contract did for you? a little while yeah. too. So were
1: they more visual or uh more like, you know, textual based um, kind of catalog?
2: No, there were lots of images, yeah. but it was just laying out oh the big one we worked on. Oh, it was for Caterpillar. Um just lots of parts. They just mm-hmm. have these catalogs. And those just, are
1: huge, aren't they?
2: And it used to take them eighteen months to uh, get it out. And now they could push out in a catalog in about uh five minutes, you know, with the stuff right. I wrote. and they, We actually scripted InDesign for a while, but that took <laughs> three hours, but I got it down to, like, a couple of minutes. Was so, that um, all running on a Mac, do you, that system? Um, that was, yeah, that was running on, we had it running on a Sunbox for a while, but then we switched to a OS 10 server. Right. Remember those uh, X-serves? I do, um, yeah. So, yeah, they were <laughs> nice, because you would go into the, uh, server room which was really cold and you'd stand by those <laughs> G5s and they were just spitting out With so G- much heat I, so <laughs>
1: I feel like ours was a G4 was it a G5 I can't remember uh, Maybe whatever it was yeah. I just remember those right fans
0: were just always blonde mm-hmm. because, man, put so money. real basic I remember like if you went to Mac update or version tracker in oh. those years, almost everything was a real basic app right. and there were like zillions of them. Yep. I hope the real basic people made a ton of money during that period because... Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did.
1: How did yeah. that work with real basic? Did it compile into its own executable with it whatever runtime it needed Well, to it was, Yeah,
2: so I mean it was basic and it, compl- it had mm-hmm. a library of code. Um, it compiled the native code but it was mm-hmm. like um, I like guess shims between uh, you know the basic code to a
1: that carbon yeah. essentially, yeah, what so, we call. And carbon, I know yeah, they toolbox.
2: rewrote eventually rewrote the runtime in real basic. Mm. You know, but it was, I mean, trying to write C code for macOS nine was just tough. Well, did you I, ever? No. Did you guys? Well, I know you did. Yeah, I guess. yeah. But I mean, like a hello world app was just like <laughs> so right. much. Right. You know, and it just wasn't. Something I was used to, you know, coming from Perl or whatever. You have to knit, quick draw. Mm. You have yeah, to. All yeah. Sudden. And I'm like, what? I and it just. <laughs> oh, that's and right. there were no good books at the time, you know. Right. So, um, but real basic was just easy, you know. And I, I wrote a Kerberos plugin, you know. So mm-hmm. I wrote a little chat program for the university that would integrate to our si- single sign-on, you know, with it and stuff. So I did a little bit of C code with it, just not a full application
1: in right. C. So. Did Real Basic have uh, you know some sort of GUI framework that you could leverage to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that was the big thing. Right, right, yeah,
1: because yeah. all that stuff was painful, right? Yeah,
0: so was it was HyperCard like, where you lay stuff out and then attach handlers to buttons or whatever. Uh, or? Yeah, it was. I
2: I never used HyperCard, so I'm not really sure. But yeah, in, in some ways, it worked like an Interface Builder. Um, I don't remember if you sh- did lines or whatever, but there were like basically actions which would call Real Basic methods. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So, I. Th- it's been a long time. Yeah, so sure. I think that's about right.
0: Our, our listeners may not have been around though, but it seemed like a scourge though. I mean, yeah. all the Mac apps, everything. Yeah. And you could always tell when it was a real big yeah, yeah, and you could. And man, they were just awful. But people were not, not many people were learning Cocoa at the time. Right. And well, as in fact, Gus says, writing toolbox apps was really, really, yeah. really hard.
1: Presumably, Real Basic was getting all the Carbon UI elements, right, and not the Cocoa. Right. Yeah, right. and that, yeah. that was so, one of the yeah
2: yeah one of the problems with Real Basic apps,
1: and that and that's why I switched to Cocoa too.
2: Is because I wanted Carbon apps just felt so wrong, especially mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, I was like, no, I wanted to feel good. So that's that's when I taught myself Cocoa.
1: Right. So. Was it hard to uh, pick up Objective C uh, with um, what you knew?
2: It wasn't too bad. Um, I mean. the, the yeah, there's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I I seem to do it though. You yeah. so know, I don't remember <laughs> too much pain. I mean, it, it wasn't your first object-oriented language, at least. right? So I've you been didn't using Java that. for a yeah. while, mm-hmm. so right. that was fine. And you know, I was fine with the brackets. I never understood why people were always up so upset about brackets. And it wasn't until like years later where I really understood the messaging system.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: because mm-hmm. um, you didn't. I mean, I knew there was something there, but I didn't have any need to know that it was there. Sure. I just figured I'm calling a method. You know? Yeah, but nope, you're passing
0: messages. Yeah, so. I always like thought like sending a message to the receiver. I don't know if I really care. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work. <laughs> implementation I detail, it or not. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Years later, I, I you know appreciate it, but still, right at first, reading. Um, right. I learned from Aaron Hilgas's book.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, that Aaron, I, like, that's yeah, the book I learned from as well. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. That, guy, I, I that think,
2: guy deserves a medal. Yeah, he so, does. Yeah. He
0: deserves yeah. several medals and yeah. uh, a really big hat. He has the <laughs> hat. Yeah.
1: So, Gus, were you tempted with your Java background to use the uh, Java support for Cocoa? Uh,
2: not really. Um, I played around with it a little bit. Uh, I actually did. I wrote a database app that uh, part in Cocoa, part in Java. So mm-hmm. we'd use JDBC connect to connect to Oracle mm-hmm. databases, and we would manage... Apps that way, I mean, manage databases that way for some things, but it just you know it just felt flaky.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: you could always tell when something was a little off. So um, kind of bolted on. Yeah. So no, never, never really.
1: You have, at this point, then created Voodoo Pad, but you're still doing your consulting job. Yeah. But Voodoo Pad sales are going up. Going up. No,
2: actually, you know, I left the consulting job after nine months. Okay. Which, so the consulting, yeah, that was why I moved to St. Louis, and then. I had a full-time job with, uh, the company's name was Vertus and that's where we did mm-hmm. the catalogs and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That. Yep. And, um, yeah, I, w- I would work on Vitapad in the evenings, you know, and uh, I, would yeah, and I just wrote a little script that would I would check constantly through the day. And I had goals, and <laughs> I knew once I made those goals, I could jump ship. Right. Right. So was, that
1: became a goal then after you, after you saw a voodoo pad.
2: Yeah. Once uh, the sales started well. going up, yeah. I realized, Oh, I could, this could actually happen, you know? So, and I think that I jumped ship, um, well, it's when I moved to Seattle, I could have actually jumped ship about six months prior mm-hmm. to moving to Seattle. And I want to say that was about 2000. I got married in 2000. So 2005 is when I, I left St. Louis and moved to Seattle and became indie full time. Right. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I wasn't making as much um, off sales for my app at that point as it was my full-time job, but it was enough that I could
1: mm-hmm. leave if mm-hmm. I wanted
2: to. Mm-hmm. So,
1: What what brought you to Seattle?
2: Oh, right. So uh, I met my wife in St. Louis, but she was originally from Seattle. Mm-hmm. We got married, and she's like, I'm moving back to Seattle. You can come <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I guess I'm coming along. I like you very much, so this will work. <laughs> so. No, it wasn't quite, you know, I knew from the beginning that she was right. always going to come back, so.
0: Yeah. Hey, Seattle is a nice town. Yeah, so, I, yeah. had you visited? I, I assume at least a little bit. Before.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we came up and um, I stayed at her parents' house a couple times. Um, you know, and technically I'm just north of Seattle a little bit, so mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more cheaper to live and get bigger yards. Um, right. But yeah, it seemed nice enough. You know, and there and there was a right. big Mac community here too, which was a nice draw. So.
1: I think we have a ban on wood burning as well. So you wouldn't be away with your oven in a Seattle backyard. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. No, we have those.
0: That ban is not observed.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Actually, I observed that. We have it up in Snohomish County as well. Yeah. So I check that every time I go.
1: Right. So.
0: So. My goddamn neighbors. <laughs> uh, it makes me mad. He's a wood Are stove, and it doesn't matter, you yeah. know. And you know, my house is 100 and some years old. It's porous enough. So yeah. was, yeah. he's burning, you know, fresh wood in his wood stove, and yeah. my house fills up with smoke in the, yeah. in the middle of winter. And I'm what like, would
1: always what happen to the us the is we had a neighbor that would burn, uh, you know, anything. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. like that was. Painted a, wood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Incinerator. So
3: like,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, There's Toxins nuts. that were being spewed out on every day. I've got some neighbors who just.
2: Give it just a little bit amount of air. You're not supposed to be able to see smoke coming out the chimney. I mean, yeah, it right, needs more yeah. oxygen.
1: Right. And it just drives me nuts <laughs> when I see so much
2: smoke coming out, and it's so yeah. bad for you. So heart yeah. attacks and asthma and yeah.
0: strokes.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> anyway, thank God, a God it produces being pissed off. <laughs> okay, so you've come to Seattle and you're full time indie, like. Uh, were you nervous? Did you think this, th- this, could, the rug could get yanked out at any point, or did you feel? Were like you worried that? about living so close to Microsoft? No, yeah. no, no, no.
2: Um, you know, I wasn't nervous at all because I knew I had skills um, to be able to find a job if I needed to. Right. It wasn't uh, going to be a problem for me. Um, I've always been able to land on my feet somehow. My mom was
0: incredibly nervous.
2: <laughs> yeah. Know, no, so, yeah, sure.
0: But I've, I've shown her. Right. Um, yeah, and parents don't understand indie software for, until yeah. you show it to well, them. Well, uh, and yeah.
2: Kirsten's parents. Um, we a little worried at first too. I think you know, right. and uh, Kirsten sort of made the point. Well, he's supported me for a number of years because she was living with me and mm-hmm. uh, you know getting basically free rent while she was at college. And stuff right, like that. and she's like, well, maybe it's my turn to support him for a little bit. Right, right. No, I mean, that didn't really ever have to happen. Right, so. but if it if it had, yeah, yeah sales only went up from there.
1: Well, you probably were able to at least. Uh Get healthcare through her, I imagine. Oh, <laughs> right! Yeah. Nice it's always good when you have a spouse that has healthcare. Uh, yeah. yeah, she worked at a hospital, so we have pretty good yeah. health care.
2: But now she's not; she's only there one day a week now, so we're having to oh, <sighs> yeah. go through buy our own healthcare, and it's, uh, it's painful. It's uh, terrible. That's, that's yeah. So much money for so little.
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway, we could do a whole series of podcasts yes, on how yes. bad that situation <laughs> yeah. is. It's all just no one would listen to them, <laughs> right? But,
0: uh,
1: gonna move to Canada. Exactly. Yeah, really. So we're just gonna all immigrating. Really Watch out, far. Canada. Canada. They say that you know Vancouver's our sister city to Seattle, right? So
0: I love Vancouver. Beautiful town,
1: fun place. They got mountains and trees and stuff. It's practically the same. So did Voodoo pad sales just uh, steadily climb? I mean, was it just always sort of like I
2: I noticed? You know, as I added more features, that mm -hmm. you know, they there were like there's peaks and valleys, right? You know, Mm -hmm. whenever you have a new release, big peaks. Um, So I came up here when Voodoo had. 3 had been released um, it was after that and so Voodapad 4 happened later on and sales really started going good with Voodapad 4 mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. um, God, you know I might be getting this backwards it might be like 2 and 3
0: but anyway yeah it was always just adding more features right. which had it what, and, what do you think was the big difference and was it just more features or, or so many more Mac users suddenly the yeah. Mac was getting very hot it was yes or a combination, it's combination of that yeah. Yeah. It was just, I just did it at the right time I think I
2: mean yeah. I there was a huge amount of luck, I think, in everything that I've done. You know, I had a blog as well, mm-hmm. and I had lots of people reading the blog. Um, I started the blog just to talk to friends, but then other started talking about developer type stuff, and right, sure. people gained an audience or whatever. And people would link to me, and then you know, started talking about VoodooPad and this and that. You know, I
0: hate it whenever people talk about uh, build your personal brand yeah, and your online audience nuts. and everything. But on the other hand, in simple terms, if you have a blog and you write about stuff and it's interesting. Probably going to sell more copies of your software. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blog as much as
2: I used to. I used to blog at least every other day. Yeah. And now, twice a month or something like <laughs> that. Just because I just, there's so many other good blogs out there. Wow, well, it's like
0: BB King, fewer notes, but better. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, how did you get involved with our local Xcoder group? Because I feel like this is around that same time period, All right, probably.
2: So, right? um, at Joe Heck, was already up here. Um, he right. was one of the founders of Xcoders. And um, I actually went to college with Joe. Um, so he was at the University of Missouri Columbia as well. He's he a few years older than me, and he was part of the central IT department. He was actually always the guy I went to when I had problems with my Perl script. And he's like, you forgot a semicolon yet. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, and um, he lived across the street from me for a little while, for a little while too. Um, so we would walk to work together and stuff like that. So when I moved here, it was just, he told me about the group and I just showed up and just yeah that's basically how I got involved
1: so, yeah
0: and Joe so uh George started the XCoders group is that right and then Joe took over soon after it's you will have to ask him. I don't even know yeah, yeah I wasn't there I feel I, like
2: I thought Joe was involved at the startups.
0: maybe he was yeah,
1: yeah. right or by the time I started coming they were yeah Joe started. was kind of in charge of it I feel like at yeah. that point but yeah. George was still around
2: yeah. Joe is always good at sort of Taken charge and he was like Uh the the university right right. he just he writes things down Yes, smart guy yeah he would yeah (laughs) Yeah, he just knew how to get stuff done yeah he was my boss for a little while too at the university so
1: so another thing that i feel like was happening around that same time was the evening at adler right right. did you guys both go to Uh, that right i didn't make it to that but i really wanted to
0: who was on the well Gus and I were both on the panel mm-hmm. along with uh Jalkett Shipley Kafasis. Shipley? Chowkett was on the panel? I think he was. Was he? Maybe he wasn't. I don't think he was. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe
2: uh Eric Payton was there,
0: right? Oh yeah, that's right. Um geez that's a name I haven't heard in a uh, long time. Jason Harris. Uh, yeah. Was he on the panel too? Jason? Jason was, yes. Huh.
2: Um uh oh, it's driving me the guy who wrote Quicksilver.
0: Um yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, I mystery, mystery like boy.
2: <sighs> Starts with a J. Cause, uh, Roshino was there. Is the it guy from Nicholas. Oh yeah. Nichols, yeah, Nichols, yeah. Like yeah. Um, so there were two Nicks on stage
0: as well. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, okay. that was a big stage. Yeah.
1: So, so, you know, I don't know how many people really know about evening and Adler. Like, uh,
0: it's so, kind of like the first C4, which is yeah. like the pre runner mm-hmm. to Singleton yeah. sort of. Yeah. yeah
2: so yeah it was like a big party one night in chicago
1: basically yeah yeah Yeah, but it was very it was it wasn't really a conference organized with talks so much right it was um, no it was just one one big big panel panel. one panel kind of a one day event sort of right
0: hosted by uh and organized by drunken batman right (laughs) who has a real name but it doesn't matter (laughs) we haven't heard from him in in a lot of years but we don't need to go into why but he organized yeah and it was a wonderful event and it was great at the yeah. yeah, it was great.
1: I, I remember thinking it was pretty remarkable that you could go to this community and somehow pull people from all over the country to this one event and uh, and have it happen. Just the fact that mm-hmm. it happened, I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing.
2: Like, yeah, yeah, I drove up from St. Louis. Now, or,
1: was I in – I don't know if I was in Seattle at the time. It was time probably close, right?
0: I think you were coming
2: up from St. Louis, I think. But I, I might have been in town visiting at the time, and it was easy enough to just drive up from St. Louis. Right,
0: sure. Um you know, maybe that's it. well. You know, I get it mixed up with all the C4s too. Yeah. so I don't know. Huh. Anyway,
2: but yeah, that was, yeah, that was a ton of fun.
0: Yeah. Then we had C4. I think C4 was the next year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was basically like evening at Adler, but by Wolf. By Wolf. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. Sessions. Yeah. 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 In that tiny little room. Yeah, 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 I remember that. I remember Col- Colin Barrett passing out. <laughs> <laughs> like he was only like eight years old anyway at the yeah, time. Yeah, He shouldn't be drinking at No, he shouldn't, uh, be that no, he shouldn't have been. Was, uh, I, uh, I blame myself.
1: So the it, Even Adler was the sort of uh, delicious generation controversy. Oh, that's was, was C- was ver- C4? C4 when that's...
2: That's when that... It was at C4 when that term was made up. Yeah. yeah. It was either... I don't know if Brent was his public, but it, it was, was either,
0: either me or, or Paul. Paul. I yeah. th- I thought it was me, and Paul thought it was Paul. Neither of us really wants to take <laughs> yeah, credit it for like, it because well, I'm just of gonna all say the it like, was like. Yeah, you know? right. Um, but um, then they, you know. It's kind of an obvious coinage anyway, yeah. so. I always Still, thought that was funny.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, that started up about then. Um, there was like this huge backlash against, the, you're doing it wrong. And, I, you know, it's, I don't know, what happened in the end? I guess everyone's got custom skins on everything now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
1: It has some echoes of the current skeuomorphism kind of yeah. debate, right? Very similar. Yeah. So, very much. Well, so.
0: I think you know, the the big the big thing was that damn particle effects on that Disco oh, app. Oh. Well, see, <laughs> I never had a problem with that. The problem
2: I had with that app mm-hmm. was they were taking money you didn't even know what the app did.
0: That's right. All you knew app. is it had smoke. Yeah. Right.
2: And then they they started selling it based on that. And, and I you know I didn't care about the smoke. I was just mad that people were giving money for an app that they had no idea
0: what it was. Right. Right. Sure. And I just thought that was horrible. Yeah. So that was always my. Biggest I agree. Problem. That's that's not a professional, All right. right. Way to sell software. Right. Z- it Maybe may be effective, a- but you're you're still going to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs>
1: Right so maybe just to educate people too so that was an app disco, disco right? right that um had a lot of glitz but mainly it just burned cd's right that yeah, was, was sort of thing. the uh, but they but people yeah. didn't even a know glitz that, that UI, was the but not
0: machine. even a very good one i right, mean you were right. better off just using the finder or whatever Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. but, it but cool the promotion pre beforehand mm-hmm. before it was released was just about the name and the and the smoke, s- smoke. Right? you know
3: just right. wrote that code yeah, too. yeah. yeah yeah and, and then, himself. and then,
0: not long after, was um, wasn't it? Um, Jason was involved in that.
1: Uh, my dream my app. My dream app. Yes. Oh right, right. right. I don't yes, wonder yes, how many yes. of those are shipped.
0: No, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of those shipped. Did that?
0: Yeah. So this was a delicious Generation Era thing, right? right. Um, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, there was a a contest, I think, where you could r- write in your idea for a Mac app that you want to see, and then I can't remember. Was there voting or something? Yeah, there was. And was there were and, rounds and they of voting, yeah. and there was to, even
1: like a I, I, like a panel that was part of the choosing right, with like Wozniak right. and some other oh, sure. noted sure. people yeah. on it. Yeah. And
0: so like the top three or whatever, um, they pledged that they were going to develop whatever right. those top right. three or whatever it
1: was. Right. One of them was a recipe app. That's all I can remember. Yeah. One of, of course, was,
0: none uh, of them have ever shipped. One of them was an app,
2: a, a native cocoa app for reading forums. I oh, think. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right. I remember thinking just like, how the hell are you going to do that? Right. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think it's called Safari. Or at that time, what was it, Internet Explorer?
0: Or were you we using it? It was Safari uh,
2: by I then, I feel like was we it? had
1: the first of Safari. Yeah. yeah. Maybe or not. A, wow, Chimera? Was that the? Chimera. Oh, yeah. Chimera, yeah. right, mm-hmm. which really got that
2: one a lot. renamed a Camino. Yeah. yeah.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. All those great I used that app for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did as well. It was yeah. a good app. That yeah, was, was the Mozilla rendering comic. engine, mm-hmm. but
0: uh, otherwise, Coco yeah Nice little
1: thin Coco. UI wasn't real yeah heavy. It was nice and speedy. I think it, I feel like it launched twice as fast as any other web browser. I think that might have been yeah, it saved yeah. Me. <laughs> Claim to fame.
0: My God, C four though, and Evening at Adler and and C four. I think we're both instrumental in um in solidifying the mm-hmm. the Mac community yeah. uh, of that area. Yeah. And of course, I think we all still know each other and right. You know, you could get almost that same room of people together today, oh. right? Which is pretty cool. Might be a few people missing, and of course, you could add more. Yeah, uh, but definitely. all those people are still around, still doing great work.
1: Yep. Yeah, those are those are great. I had, I really would never have fathomed it was possible to organize small conferences mm. around our community that would be that successful. Yeah. Uh, and it was well just now there's fantastic. like three a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just insane, <laughs> yeah.
2: right? Yeah. It's a little nuts. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I remember though, um, right after the iPhone, maybe after the iPhone SDK was released. And maybe I'm too far ahead in the future, but still. O'Reilly had put together an iPhone developers conference and canceled it due to lack of interest, (laughs) which I never understood. Well, O'Reilly wasn't
2: very good at picking the best cities to do these things in,
3: Yeah,
0: going to Santa Clara or something is just awful. For OS 10 Con, it's like, okay, you step
2: outside the hotel, and it's just a wasteland. Yeah, right, (laughs) (laughs) sure. You can get in the car and go to World Raps.
0: And and that's, that's the extent of fun.
2: No, that was actually the first time I went to uh, the Apple campus. Was uh, from OS Ten Con. Um, Eric Albert and Buzz. Oh, yeah. Came and picked me up for lunch. Oh, and we cool. drove back to the campus and right. I had pizza, and uh, came back out. And they dropped me back off. And,
0: yeah. They made a great duo. It's, it's a shame yeah. that they don't just hang out more.
2: I don't, I don't know. Well, why. they're sort of on opposite sides of the country. Now. Right, but
0: they should make a point of living in the same city I and see. working together, because yes, yes. I, you know, Eric and Buzz. Uh, for a little while, I was always thought of, I couldn't think of one without thinking of the other. Right, yeah. This episode of The Record is sponsored by Windows Azure Mobile Services. Go to www.windowsazure.com iOS. And you'll see there a video, or a few videos, of me walking you through getting started with mobile services. It's easy stuff. They have an SDK, uh, plugs right into, uh, well, they actually give you a sample iOS app that Plugs right into their system, and I walk you through, you know, setting up some scripts and databases and everything on the server. This stuff is really, really simple. Uh, you don't have to use Visual Studio or run Windows or any of that crazy stuff. Don't, you know, don't be afraid. Use your browser, your text editor, terminal, standard Mac stuff. We're we're Mac developers, right? We're we're on our Macs at least as we're developing, and and that's how you work with mobile services. You know, don't be afraid. It sounds like Windows. Oh no. Nah, nah, nothing like that. Um, the scripting language is JavaScript. Uh, the server is Node.js. You deploy using Git. Do your uh, unit tests in Mocha. That's what I've been using. Of course, you have your choice of whatever unit test system you'd like to use, because you know you just run that on your machine, and it's really cool. So. If you're writing an ios app iphone ipad app or maybe a mac app you know that the days when your data could just be all locked up on that in that side that one app on that one device those days are gone and we look back on those fondly those were really great days it, um, certain things were simpler when you didn't have to worry about moving that data around um, but those days are gone they are definitely gone 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 so you're gonna to need to learn how to write a server. And that can be a pretty daunting task. Mobile services makes it pretty darn easy. The nice thing about it is that you can kind of, uh, you can approach it at the, at the easy level and then dive into it exactly as deeply as you want to. If you have fairly simple needs, you might actually just get by with, you know, using the browser and the SDK and uh, even inputting your scripts via the browser. I suspect most people are probably gonna to wanna to, uh, jump to down to the command line and fire up their favorite text editor and, and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you don't have to, you know, it, uh, it turns out to be, uh, that mobile service is pretty deep. And if you get into it, you can get pretty deep with it. So, um, and it, it, also, it, it composes well, I should say, with other of Azure's services. Say you also need, uh, you know, a separate website to do something else, whatever you can, Put these things together just because you're using mobile services for an api server doesn't mean you can't also you know do you know x y and z so anyway www.windowsazure.com ios check out those videos and see how just how easy it is to get started doing this stuff and uh, don't be afraid of writing servers you totally can do it and it's freakishly a lot of fun too i have no idea it's great fun Recommend it. Thanks again to Windows Azure Mobile Services for sponsoring this episode. In fact, this entire season of
1: The Record. I used Voodoo Pad extensively, like, uh, still do. I use it probably every day. But I know that Voodoo Pad's not really your bread and butter these yeah, days. Yeah, not
2: anymore. Yeah? You know, the note taking market is sort of, uh, there's a lot of really good free apps out there now. So right. it's really hard to compete. But, yeah, Acorn is pretty much my bread and butter. But okay. that doesn't mean I don't love VoodooPad. I still use it every day. Right. It has, it's got a lot of users that love it
1: passionately. Yeah, I'm counting so. on you, man. Don't stop. Yeah, okay. yeah, don't worry, I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> is, is there any
0: specifically desktop wiki um, competition?
1: No.
0: I mean, I know some. there have been a
2: couple of um, tries at it, mm-hmm. but they've never really followed. I love the idea, it. really, honestly. Yeah, I just it's great.
1: It. As I recall, though, in my mind – you started Acorn when VoodooPad was still going strong, though, right? It wasn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. you were like, "Well, I got to find another."
2: Right. So actually, before um, once I think once version three shipped of VoodooPad, um, I've always been pretty conservative financially, and I'm not a big risk taker. Um, so, and I knew having all my eggs so it says one, the mountain or the rock climber. Well, that's something good. <laughs> yeah. we I use ropes, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But. It did not seem wise to have all my eggs in one basket. You know, what if Apple came out with iWiki? Then I would be toast. Um, (laughs) At least all my sales would dry up. (laughs) Um, So that's when I started. I wrote FlySketch. And FlySketch 2.0 turned into Acorn 1.0. Right. So, and, um, yeah, that's definitely my bread and butter these days.
1: Right. So one thing I think that's interesting about deciding to tackle, a couple things about tackling an, an image editor is that it's very specialized knowledge. I mean, manipulating pixels and doing that efficiently, you start doing some of the more kind of hardcore programming than most people probably writing apps today are doing, especially in the optimization end of things, right? Um,
0: Sounds like math. There's yeah. math. There's yeah. some math there. Uh, yeah. so I might have already mentioned math earlier.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So it's funny. Um, Acorn 1 was definitely, um, well, I mentioned I wrote the layout engine, which did everything with right. PDF. So I knew. I know the PDF rendering model very, very, very well, mm-hmm. and um, Quartz is based on this as well. So Acorn 1.0 was all Quartz based. I mean, it used mm-hmm. Core Image filters, but it did everything uh, via Quartz, which I knew very well, and right. uh, um, that's also why it was kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and it wasn't until Acorn 3 that I switched over to a, a Core Image, I guess you could say, pipeline, right. um, where everything just shuffled through that.
1: So the heart of your compositing is now Core right. Image at that point.
2: Yeah. So um, yeah, actually, right before I shipped acorn three i rewrote we took a little vacation because we you know everything's hectic after a release, so i took the vacation before the release and um i was just laying in bed i think i'll rewrite the compositing engine Uh, you know so and that actually got rewritten before we shipped so and i'm really glad i did it too right so um but yeah you know i didn't know what the heck i was getting into it wasn't certain it wasn't on purpose you know i just wrote i wrote fly sketch just because i wanted to mess with bezier curves and I have my wake up more tablet. math by the way Bezier yeah. curves. Well, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Um, you know, yeah, and I wrote the smoothing algorithms, which I was always very proud of, because there okay. weren't many apps back then mm-hmm. who were doing automatic smoothing mm-hmm. like that.
0: And, uh, um, so is, is what what's smoothing? This happens yeah, as you're as you're drawing. Yeah, as you're, you're drawing, the lines I will see. smooth out because okay. you know you
2: get your events um, sort of. A little bit over time and if you're just drawing it's gonna be a bunch of straight lines between points. Mm-hmm, right? right. So I yeah, came up with an algorithm to smooth everything out between those cool. points. Um later on I learned there were kind of better ways to do it. Um at least for the Wacom, because you can turn off mouse mouse coalescing or whatever mm-hmm. and just get all the get all the events as fast as they come. And that works out pretty well. But mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't work with the mouse or the trackpad that way. So but yeah, all the math stuff I just learned as I need to. So I'm still not very I'm certainly better now than I was, but um, there's just so many other things that I need to worry about too. That's what's kind of interesting about image editors is uh there's just so many different things to tackle. You know, the UI is especially important. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, Acorn One had a pretty unique UI. Um, these days it's more like a pretty modern image editor, I guess you could say. But uh and just so many different optimizations, you know, you get to work on and stuff like that.
0: So tell me about the role of unit tests in switching your uh, rendering pipeline. Right, yeah. Uh, So I must have told you this story already once. I may have heard. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah.
2: um, Acorn, the only reason Acorn shipped is because I had unit tests. Um, You know, you change one little bit of code over here and it breaks something that I don't find out for weeks. And... um, so I just wrote a ton of unit tests for Acorn to make sure the images were coming out as the way they were, and that was the only reason I was able to re- rewrite the compositing engine towards you know right before I was about to release is because I had all these tests in place already, which um, just made it pretty relatively easy to change things in Acorn that late in that game. And actually, that was one thing I learned with VoodooPad as well. Um, there's a whole engine behind doing the wiki markup and stuff like that. Because um, when you have automatic links, um, you can have spaces in them. They don't actually have to be camel case words or anything right. like that. So um, I've rewritten the engine that does that, um, I want to say, three times. And it was only because of unit tests that I was able to do that as well. So, yeah, you know, just being a solo developer, you can't have, you know, I've got beta testers, but not, they don't focus on the areas that I always need
0: ranch. Right. the well, testers always just find the obvious bugs that you already know. Most most of them, yeah. But when you find those special good
2: ones, you uh send them Amazon gift certificates and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Right, right, right. Keep them around. Make them right. happy. Mm-hmm. You need a computer? You need, okay, I'll get yeah. you. Yeah, gift card for get the new place OS? to stay. Okay. Yeah. Just don't go. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so as being a solo developer... Uh, been what pushed you to having the discipline to do the unit testing and the the automated testing? Yeah,
2: I think so. And uh, yeah, the automated testing too. Uh, I mean, the automated builds. Right. Yeah. As much as I can lean on the computer for, I will. Um, Yeah, the automated builds, I started getting religious about um, scripting and release builds when I released uh, VoodooPad beta or yeah, it was like probably 2.1 or something like that early in the morning before I went to my full-time job Mm. and then once people started downloading it, I realized, and they were like, we can't run it, we can't run it. And I'm at work,
3: uh-huh. and
2: I can't be working on work stuff, you know, any <laughs> stuff while right. I'm at work. And it turned out I had accidentally built it, the release build was Zero Link on. I'd shipped a debug version. Oh, yes. So I'm like, oh, never again it's will this link. happen. You know, I quickly fixed it at work. I mean, it's yeah, just an yeah. easy, mm-hmm. really easy thing. And I'm looking over my shoulder, making sure boss is <laughs> not watching. And then, um, but that's when I got into automated builds right. so that I would never, ever make that mistake mm-hmm. again.
0: Right. So. I, Does zero <laughs> link even still exist? I don't think so. Bu- build and continue. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I I For the benefit that of process. our listeners, you could run the app and make some kinds of code changes while it was running, and it would just, like, recompile that bit and keep going. And so in some cases, that was cool because mm-hmm. you could, you know, change a color or something like that. But most of the time, it didn't work and it just sucked. Mm-hmm. And this was
2: all because the linker was so damn slow. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. eventually, they just sped up the linker. Yeah. Right. And we got a new compiler and everything's all relatively happy. Yeah. Except for that damn. Down- Filt- In those yeah. days,
0: we were still bitching that, and nothing was nearly as fast as our beloved CodeWire, which was right. super fast. Right. God, I loved CodeWire.
1: It was a good, good tool. <clears throat> One of my favorite stories about unit testing and you is uh, I was teaching a class and. You came in to do a <laughs> guest lecture, uh, and you were talking about um, some of the strategies and what you do for your automated testing. And while you're giving the lecture and showing off your stuff—
2: They're all failing.
1: They're failing, <laughs> and you found a bug while like, you were doing the lecture. Yeah, because the a lot of the images
2: testing. I hadn't realized were uh, repli- relying on the, um, the hardware color space. For the image, and right. since I was doing everything on this weird projected monitor, yep, just color uh, space was wrong, and so the pixels were getting out. And yeah. I'm just like trying to give this stuff. unit tests are wonderful, and they're all failing.
1: And I'm like, oh, yeah. so I, that I, was an incredibly effective cool. talk actually, yeah. because uh, that did not at happen that happen moment then? you proved how the value of uh, yes of this automated testing. Where, yeah, those all
2: got fixed the next day.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> but you wouldn't have known.
2: I awesome. wouldn't have known. Yeah. yeah, because I had the same monitors at home as I did at work. Yep. you mm-hmm. know, so they were using the same color profile, and it just you know, derp. Yeah,
0: um, so well. <laughs> uh, was it was it at Evening in Adler where uh you and Will Shipley yes. uh, oh, yes. disagreed somewhat? Yeah, that was uh, over Frameworks, wasn't it? I thought it was Maybe about Unitest. Was, unit was it okay. yeah. Yeah. I think frameworks
2: came up too. Yeah. Um, um, he wasn't a big believer in frameworks, so I was like, "You're an idiot." Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was right. how my t- I didn't actually think that, right, but that's right. how my tone came across. Yeah, you right. Know? Right, sure. Now, in right. this case,
1: do you mean frameworks as like you, the developer, making frameworks
2: versus? Right. So I had you know right. VoodooPad. Well, I had uh, a shared framework between uh, my three applications at the time. It was right. VoodooPad, Fly Sketch, and Fly Gesture, which is long since dead. But um, yeah, so shared code was just right. the frameworks were great. Doing that, I thought, and the unit testing as well, because as a solo developer, right? And Will Shipley was not um, a believer, at least in that time, in unit testing. No, and he he had a much more, uh, I guess, narrow definition of unit testing. Mm -hmm. Like you know, maybe I did integration testing or automated testing, right? Which is probably a better (laughs) term. Whereas unit testing is, you know, one one method or function is all you're testing. Which I do a little bit of, but that's not the uh, right. You know, I test a single test script will. Test many things. Right. So, so technically, he might have been correct. But um, the <laughs> overall. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was fun sort of yelling at him across the stage. <laughs> it was a little drama. Was, but you know, I didn't mean it for it to be that way, but that's how it came across. So. Yeah. You, you, you haven't asked me where, uh, where I was when Next got bought.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah so, so. so what did you think? Where were you? Do you remember yeah, yeah, I, exactly I, what you were doing? The moment I do you heard remember it,
2: exactly what I was that doing. That BOS
0: had been taken out and shot in favor of uh,
2: yeah. Next. So, you know, I had a 6, uh, Performas 503E or something. I don't know. Who knows the naming scheme? Yeah, yeah Is that one I, of the, uh, the, the all-in-one? It was one of the G3s that I could run. Um, no, it wasn't an all-in-one. It was okay. a tower, but I could run BOS on it. All right. So I got to play around with BOS. Um but I had a roommate who was such a huge fan of next computers. He had a little picture of Steve Jobs on his door. And there <laughs> oh, were wow. four of us in a house. And we all had Macs except for one guy who was. That's never creepy. There. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but and uh, so he had actually bought an X computer off eBay, and we would have little hmm. programming contests and stuff like that. And I remember um, it was Christmas break, and Tim was away in St. Louis, but a bunch of us were still in Columbia when they announced that um, you know the reverse reverse takeover had happened, and we got this Voicemail left on our answering machine. And it was Tim. He was just, oh my god, this is just fucking amazing! I can't believe this. This is the greatest thing ever. Because he was a huge Mac fan and he was a huge Nexus fan. he's just going on and on wow. and on. And this is just it's like,
0: yeah, like it's chocolate like, meets peanut butter. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> this is
2: just the best thing ever, uh, you know. And uh, um, so he was pretty excited about it. And you know, in a way, we were too because we we had a bunch of Nexus computers on campus, mm-hmm, you know. So mm-hmm. and i had gotten to play with them a bit, you know, with Display PostScript and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we played around with B a little bit, but not. A lot of math professors had next computers, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we had labs full of next computers, and also SGI's and some Sunboxes, and stuff like that. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty exciting, you know, at the time. You know, everyone thought, you know, then immediately after that, everyone thought, what was what was the Mac, o, Mac OS nine uh, or I guess it was eight at the time, where you could run a Unix shell in Mac OS nine? It was like, do you remember this at all? You could um, run Bash and, like, all the Unix utilities were there. Anyway, everyone thought it was like, oh, it'll be OS 9. They're going to add a Unix shell. Like, that was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. You guys have it backwards. You know, all the press got it kind of wrong. Right, right. So yeah. It was kind of funny. I think it was Mach uh, 10. That's what oh, it was called. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. 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 So oh, everyone was, like, talking about to Mach 10. What does this mean? And Mach 10's, oh, it's going to be great if Apple needs help you know they should yeah, talk to right. us and, and I'm thinking no you guys are screwed no they're done Yeah, no, I remember thinking that too you guys yeah. realize this but yeah. no yeah <laughs> you know, so but it was it was pretty nice because and, you know and I'd been using aix um god I hope that's what it's called the ibm unix os something yeah, like that we'll review quite a that. bit so it was yeah. it was really natural to um build to switch to OS ten like that so it was just yeah. it was great yeah we were definitely happy so even though you know I was a hardcore mac os nine user or eight user at that time. Mm-hmm. And or whatever it was, seven.
1: Right. I, don't well, I think probably all of us were just happy to see that something was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was pretty clear Apple was not going to ship a yeah. modern operating system without some sort of intervention, right?
2: And they had some buy in from the big developers too. Like right. Adobe and the big one was Netscape at the time. I remember they said yes, we uh, were yeah. like Netscape for Mac OS 10. everyone was like, whew that was
1: close. I don't even remember Netscape for Mac OS X. Did it happen? Uh, it <laughs> did. It was, it was very bad.
2: Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and they <coughs> took forever to ship it too.
1: Right. So,
0: yeah. Remember Mozilla for OS X? I used it a little bit, mm-hmm. but switched to Chimera almost as soon yes. as that came mm-hmm. out.
1: You weren't satisfied there in Explorer?
0: Yeah, and our Explorer <laughs> got pretty damn good on uh, on yeah, I guess
2: classic Mac OS. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Outlook, oh yeah. Outlook Express was just great. Um, Microsoft was doing some good stuff towards the end of the Mac OS 9 days and then Apple just changed everything on them yeah. Yeah. kind of too bad for them because they'd never really adopted to the new uh, paradigms but you know Omni was there and ready to do right. it that's right you know, well, all Idaho the big companies hilarious. I mean Adobe
1: suffered it somewhere
2: yeah that name, was but. that was also something that was kind of funny once um, once we discovered Omni um, you know because they had them relinked from all the release notes you mm-hmm. know the mailing list mm-hmm. and stuff and I remember just sitting in my little cubicle at the university just like kind of spying on what they were doing at omni you know and will had his he had a little blog for a while and i'm just always reading this mm, stuff and right. just like i want to go work there someday you know, yeah like, it was always yeah you know, omni was like the, the uh, shining star uh-huh. It was pretty amazing so yeah.
0: good time. well listeners if you could be here you, you'd get the tour of the office and yeah. uh it's big and beautiful and omni is clearly doing wonderfully yeah.
2: Back oh. then, they were all stuffed in a little house, though. Oh, yeah, yeah right, right. Which is cool in
0: a way, yeah, yeah. you know, definitely. But, uh, yeah. The place had some um, good ombuds. doing great.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So <clears throat> I think you might have noticed they don't have a pizza chef here. I, I do notice that. Um, <laughs> I bet you could talk them into it. No, no.
2: Well, yeah, I actually talked to one of the chefs here a while back and said they were considering getting a wood-burning oh. oven in here, but they wouldn't use it enough.
1: So. Right, right. So in case anybody listening doesn't know, Gus, uh, I make pizza. He makes a lot of pizza. He does a very (laughs) good job at it. And, uh, even has his own wood burning oven in his backyard. Uh, It's very nice. It's a ton of fun. What led you to the pizza thing?
2: Um, well, when I moved to Seattle, there was a a place in Columbia, Missouri called Shakespeare's, which had Mm -hmm. the best pizza. You know, I would eat there once a week at least. And, uh, um, when I moved to Seattle, this, the pizza here didn't taste right to me, and mm-hmm. it was also extremely overpriced. Everyone
0: loves <laughs> no. Pagliacci's, but God, it was Pagliacci's so expensive,
2: freaking yeah. expensive. Yeah,
0: it's not good pizza. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it maybe it's about the best there is, but Seattle is terrible But it wasn't...
2: There's some, yeah. there's some pretty good pizza these days. Uh, yeah. There's some yeah. Neapolitan there's places, a few it's some but Soros, it's still but extremely in general, overpriced. Neapolitan yeah. pizza is street pizza. It's not supposed to cost $22. But yeah, it's right. Supposed it's supposed like to be the like the most precious damn thing. So anyway, yeah, so I just started... Um, making my own pizza because I wasn't satisfied with anything that I could get around mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it just took off from there. And I just started playing with fire. <laughs> and, you know, I built my own little oven, and then I ended up making a bigger one the next year. You know, so
0: I, so I'm an East Coast elitist snob by by um, upbringing. Yeah. And two things always surprised me about the story. Number one, anyone in Missouri has ever heard of Shakespeare. And number two. <laughs> That there are like Italians, maybe who knew how to make good pizza in Missouri. In Missouri, that I, sounds crazy. You know, I, I just everyone, like. There's I a lot find of, that hard to believe. Columbia was a great town. Um, yeah, for a
2: while, it was like one of the most connected towns per capita for like internet and stuff like oh, yeah, that. Right. And it was
0: just. Well, uh, it was college f- good college towns can appear anywhere. Actually, yeah. is the it truth. Was, so,
2: um, it was it was a very, at least when I was there, a very special place.
0: Yeah, you know? that's cool. Um,
2: there's a lot of you no. Know, there's good pizza around there.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. It's I fun. believe you since funny. You tell everyone, me, but I never would have thought in Missouri. What?
2: Yeah, everyone outside, uh, of, everyone in Seattle thinks everything outside of Seattle is crap. You know, it's like whenever friends of mine right, come yeah. up to Everett, they're like, "Oh, you guys have recycling up here?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> you're, not, or, you're you're 17 miles north of Seattle. This isn't. You know, it's just like give me a break, you people. Yes, you've even got stuff fiber. I can't get Seattle.
0: fiber at my house. You've yeah, got, right. You've, you've got fiber. Shakespeare's. But Shakespeare probably never ate a pizza in his entire life. Probably not. Yeah. But it it was great pizza. Yeah. I miss
2: that place. I'm still on their mailing list. I listen to their see their tweets. I can't ever (laughs) I go back maybe once a year or something like that.
0: But every time you go back, it's as good as you remember. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So is that
1: your number one? Like that's the place to have pizza?
2: Well, I, I really, really like the pizza I make these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my backyard would probably be number one. <laughs> That's and good. Cool. In my pizza tastes have gotten really refined over the years, right. too. Um, if I was starting, if I was, you know, able to reset everything, it would be number one anymore. But it just holds a special place for me. Yeah, sure. So yeah. it probably is still number one just for historical reasons. You know, and it's like one of my pizza peels and my pizza cutter and a bunch of napkins, all from Shakespeare's. Right. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah that's really cool yeah I bought their used equipment <laughs> 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 no, <that's great. laughs>
1: another thing that you're uh, talented at is playing guitar um
2: yeah I picked that up in college just for yeah. fun so I mean it's just I never watch TV um which is one reason I'm indie as well I think mm-hmm. a lot of people refuse to if they want to go indie you gotta cut out TV TV and, I, and
0: yeah. I'd say I, I kind of like video games video games for a lot of people oh, so I haven't been a little yeah. video
2: games for a while which yeah. breaks my heart because I buy them every once in a while but oh, I yeah. get
1: to play them um my kids are old enough that that's the one thing that keeps me occasionally playing yeah, a video
2: game. Maybe I'll be able to get into that sometime yeah. in the near future. Um, but, yeah, playing guitar was, I mean, it's, it's just great way to kind of relax mm-hmm. and just sort mm-hmm. of put your mind into a different, I mean, you know, you code all day long. You want to do something else, and music is a great way to do it. You don't even have to be good. You just need to be able to break away from you know, all right. the logical thinking into something. You know, and there, there's definitely thinking that goes along with music, but. It's a
0: different type of thinking,
1: right?
0: So. Finger thinking, finger thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah,
1: well, that's good. It's, that's what gives you the break from the the coding, right? Yeah, it's just different. Do
0: you do you think. keep a guitar actually in your office, or do you make yourself get up, go to another room, and play?
2: No, I got. I've got two guitars in both offices. Yeah, you know, office in downtown Everett, and then uh, yeah, one in my home office as well. So, well, two acoustic, yeah, acoustic and electric, both Strats. Um, yeah, I wanted to write some AMP software for a little while. And I actually started, I was going to make an app called Mueller Tone. There'd be no buttons. No, It was just one <laughs> preset. Mm-hmm. that yeah. sounded exactly the way I wanted it. But yeah, um, cool. but then Apple came out with GarageBand on iOS. And I was like, ah, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like $5 or whatever it is. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bother with this. Have thing. you come
0: up with uh, Mueller Tone settings, though, for GarageBand?
2: Um, yeah, just about. Yeah. It's pretty simple. You no, could
0: now at least blo- blog that. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you get this audio bus thing with iPad you could just retarget. Do, yeah, your, do your one-off yeah. Mueller true. app for iPad and put audio bus support in and then yeah, it's part that. of the chain.
2: Yeah, get back into that, a little bit of audio programming. Yeah,
1: There's no math involved with that. I can adjust <laughs> that. <laughs> Good, because I don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> maybe just to retreat just a little bit too. Um, another thing that I that I found interesting about your pursuit of ACORN and it being an image editor is that uh you know that's a space that's dominated by a, a heavyweight corporation adobe and even when you started there were still other image editors from long standing mac application uh, uh software developers um that were out there as well um did you ever worry about finding a niche no, around those not
2: really um you know it was never actually my intention to write acorn um it, it was mostly just an accident um but I, I've never really been worried. I mean, there's so many customers out there. You know, mm-hmm. even if I only had, you know, half a percent of the potential customers, um, God, I would be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. Will Shipley's got a sort of a famous saying. Um, if he gave away one copy, he gave away a copy of Delicious Library to half the people in the world and they got one person to buy it, you know, he'd be the richest man on earth.
0: Yeah, um, totally.
2: So there's, there's enough customers to go around. Right. So. I mean, I do sort of occasionally worry about them stomping on me somehow, like Adobe or something, but I'm so small, I don't think they even notice. And I really try and stay clear away from what other people are already doing Mm -hmm. with image editors. I mean, some things you're just going to do because other image editors, it's just expected. You know, Command-C should copy, you know, certain shortcuts you want to work, you know, the right way. And um, I always try and make sure to get those but I want to be as different as I can mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. scaring away people
0: so to to a certain extent do a lot of those inherit from Photoshop what, shortcuts. The, shortcuts yeah and, a and lot cer- certain oh, behaviors yeah, some yeah.
2: things you know uh, what is it command T is transform in Photoshop command T on a Mac OS app brings up the font panel you know right, that sure. I'm not going to change right. yeah. um, but Photoshop has you know 25 years of history behind it where yeah. that does that so they couldn't change that but I you know the Mac comes first and then common key bindings after right. that so
1: what about, have you seen competition from things like Photoshop Elements? Like, has that been something that... Yeah,
2: so that's probably who I'm really competing against, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um,
0: that still exists? Elements? I,
2: oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I, I right. believe they even put it in the Mac yeah, App Store. Yeah, it's on Store. the Mac App Store. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um last well, good version was 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> that, was a, I mean, that was a great version. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway.
1: The original the, strategy with that from Adobe was uh, about OEMs and bundling it with equipment that you would buy, like oh, right. scanners or cameras. Or
0: that's stuff. how I got it originally, actually. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I, I think I... Yeah, I bought Photoshop. Photoshop Elements 2.0 mm-hmm. was great because they use the same icons and feel as the regular Photoshop, just for you know seventy nine or ninety nine dollars, right, whatever right. it was. Um, yeah, I imagine that's my real competition because they're probably going after this, sort of the same users as mm-hmm. I am. And you mm-hmm. see them—I don't want to say dumbing down Photoshop Elements, but moving very much away from what Photoshop does, even though it uses some of the core engine as well. Right. Um, just completely different UI on top of it.
1: Right. Do you do you have a sense for um, if your if Acorns user base is a uh, dominated by a certain type of user?
2: No, I don't. I mean, of course, people write in, um, but it's only a small fraction. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really have no good idea of what my user base is. Um, you know, my mother-in-law really likes it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and she's never written me in, but she tells me, you know, and. <laughs> People just use it for oddball things, and um,
0: I my just, wife uses it uh, to design quilts.
2: Right, and she and, and my mother-in-law uses it for like astronomy stuff, and she used Fly Sketch cool. too for like teaching classes. <laughs> That's great. You know, and it's just kind of just so many different ways to use that. People do it in mm-hmm. so many different things. You know, they use it as like a, a writing game sprites and stuff like that, right. and uh, just and of course photo retouching, just stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. So, which is kind of nice because, I mean, it hits lots of different targets. Whereas whereas VoodooPad, it was a very niche market, you know, students and researchers and and programmers, you know, so. Does that
1: broad base then make it hard to decide what to do next in Acorn? mm,
2: Not really. Um, I mean, I pretty much know what's going to be coming next Mm -hmm. always. Um, There's just so many different things to pick from um, to be able to do. You know, I can – I've – Got enough features to last for at least six more releases. It seems like, right. you know, um, and they're not all just copying other what other people do as well. You know, just I've got right. lots of original ideas that I want to get in there, as well. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, you know, I sort of you know like curves was added in the last version because people kept on asking for it. I never use it, but mm-hmm. it's there now. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make it too hard to figure out what I want to do next.
1: Right, my last question for you. Apple moves to a language that doesn't have square brackets. Are you done?
2: Oh man, I'll just write a preprocessor. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did with JS Talk. <laughs> that's, true. Yeah, that's good. A point. So, um, no, I hope that I really I love Objective C. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be around for a long time because all their frameworks, it's the native language of iOS 10. someday they'll change. They'll have to. I mean, because right. if they don't change, they'll get crushed by something. I don't know what that'll be yet, right. but hopefully, mm. you know, just as long as the runtime is there, that's the magic part. I think of Objective C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but man, I so, do love the brackets.
0: So yeah. I remember you talking about uh, JS talk and meeting some AppleScript or Apple events or something at some WWDC How yeah, did a couple of years, ago?
2: years ago. So yeah, yeah um JS talk is a scripting language built on top of it's basically a JavaScript with brackets and uh
0: yeah, it was
2: a bunch of AppleScript. One of the managers of the AppleScript team, I had lunch with them and Showing them examples of you know JS talk, he's like, oh, but that's like doing database access. You know, people wanted database access in uh, AppleScript for years, and here I am doing it with SQLite and just a few lines of code. And he's like, but that's not live, is it? I was like, yeah, it's live. Yeah. And his eyes just got really big. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, but you know, the whole one of the reasons why I did JS talk was so uh, um, Apple would sort of pay attention. Right, and true. say, yeah, maybe we should kill AppleScript and come up with something better or at least make something new right. in addition to AppleScript. They haven't really done that. Although the, the surprising you know, part of this story was there's an AppleScript team. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's – Yeah, they killed AppleScript, all right? Yeah. They just sandboxed it and they're done. Yeah. <laughs> there's no um, more AppleScript.
2: Yeah. Actually, I had to deal with a bug like that the other day. Um, But, you know, it, it, there's some new stuff coming in WebKit apparently, which mm. is – they're improving the JavaScript bridging. bridge thing. Yeah. yeah, so they already nice. had a little bit of a bridge. It sounds like they're improving it even more, which would be nice. It'd be mm-hmm. cool if I could kill some of the code in JS talk and just right. use their things. But I think eventually they'll sort of realize, okay, we should do something a little bit more uh, Cocoa-like right. with scripting, you know? right. even if it is JavaScript. I would,
1: something. I would love that. I mean, Apple Script's always been a challenge for me, right? Oh, just from Using AppleScript to do anything, I feel like yeah. I'm just beating my head against the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to do an image editing task that was a repetitive thing, over several hundred images. And uh, I talked to you, and you had JS talk incorporated into Acorn. Acorn yeah. And I don't even know JavaScript, but it only took me and 15 minutes to get it set up because right. of my... Coco, experience, right? Yeah, yeah. So,
2: and, and uh, JS Talk is great for prototyping. Oh, it too. was mm-hmm. awesome! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so easy to get things done. Yeah. You know, a lot of filters were written in JS Talk first before I bring them to Cocoa, because mm. right. it's just so quick and easy to tweak things. Right,
1: I'm thinking pretty seriously too about integrating it into Napkin to drive uh, some automated testing for us. Basically. You, should. you should. So or at I've, least look at the new stuff yeah. that's
2: coming down the line.
1: So, yeah. yeah,
0: I think we're done. You've been listening to the record with. Chris Parrish, Brent Simmons, and our guest today, Gus Mueller.